It's the Kim Monson Show, analyzing the most important stories. I find that it takes work to get your brain around these ideas, and it takes work to engage in these conversations. The latest in politics and world affairs. With what is happening down at the State House, I used to think that it was above my pay grade to read the legislation, and it's not. Today's current opinions and ideas. I see big danger in as much as we will be giving an unelected bureaucrat the power to make rules about what we inject into our body. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. Thank you so much for joining us. Each of you listeners, you're treasured, you're valued. Today, live with intention, live with purpose, strive for excellence, and take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. And this is a super special day. This is the day that Steve Ebling was born, and it is a very special day. And happy birthday, Producer Steve. You're going to pay dearly for this. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great day. So uh, I always like to say thank you to this great team that I work with, and that's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, and the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. And um, live radio is interesting, but the this we strive for excellence here. And producer Steve, I I really value and, and treasure you, and it is a very special day. Well, let me pull back the snarky comment. Uh, thank you for all those thoughts. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, – it's funny. Uh, I don't want to take any of our time here. When you're when you're thinking you know it all, you're 13, 14 years old. You see the milestones in life out there, and you can't wait for 16. Get that driver's license, 21, and you know maybe all the decade marks and stuff that come along. But this particular one, I'm not going to mention numbers, but <laughs> this particular one is kind of like a stick in the eye. <laughs> But it's better than the alternative right now, and you've got you've got a purpose here, Steve. And uh, we are in this fight, in this battle of ideas, and uh, we need to engage in this. Uh, the thing about the Trump uh, the Trump presidency is it has shown light on so many different things. And uh, as you mentioned when we were doing our pre-call on my way in, that uh, this is kind of like a a remake now of the Obama administration as we are seeing all of these different players come back to the forefront. And remember where we were when President Trump was inaugurated. Uh, And uh, I think we we did the soundbite yesterday when Obama said, how's he going to bring back these jobs? Uh, What, have a magic wand? Well, you know what? He did. He created uh, his policies, um, created seven million jobs, and those policies were less government. And that is where we need to continue to work towards. And so the, the veil is off. It's been unmasked. And we have opportunity here. It seems a bit daunting, but we have opportunity here. And uh, this is the first time in mankind that we have been faced with these kinds of issues. And take heart. We are Americans. We were America was founded in liberty. And it is our time now to protect that, Steve. Absolutely. Uh, No debate on this side of the glass. Um, We made reference last week to that document with the Trump accomplishments. And I've been in contact with several people, uh, basically kind of still kind of rocking 
back on their heels after what happened on November 3rd and 4th. I was like, take this document and use it as a guide. Get out there and start engaging people and show them page after page, especially the ones where they can look at and say, this really directly impacted my life. Right. Everyday people had about $6,000 more in their pocket. Do you know what that means for a family or a young person? It is significant. Uh, and um, it seems, I think that there is a strategy that's going on right now, Steve. We saw uh, Joe Biden got into office and immediately started to doing, uh, signing all these executive orders. I'm not sure he even really realized what, what they all were. You said that you saw had seen a meme from MASH. Remember when Radar would just put something under... Um, now I can't remember the... Colonel Blake. Yeah, Colonel Blake. And he says, just sign it, just sign it. That's kind of what seems like is going on right now. And the agenda that is being unveiled on this is not an agenda that is friendly to everyday, hardworking Americans, no matter what your descriptor is. Well, yeah, that meme was classic because it had Biden sitting there at his desk with stacks of executive orders. <laughs> and who's standing next to him but Radar O'Reilly? <laughs> Biden says, what's this? And says, don't worry, sir, just sign it. Just yeah, sign so. it. And to your other comment, in terms of Biden bringing back all these has-beens from the Obama administration, John Kerry, who else did we say? Susan Rice, you named another one. Uh, Janet Yellen. Janet Yellen. I'll tell you, I will lose it when I see uh, Valerie Jarrett back in there somehow. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know what? We may have to walk you off the ledge on that one because I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Yeah, here we are on the 12th floor. Yes, you better watch me carefully. (laughs) Uh, Okay, it is Thursday, and I wanted to highlight our America's Veterans Stories for this Sunday. It's on 3 to 4 p.m. on KLZ 560, and of course we have the FM station as well, 100.7 FM. And we have uh, interviewed Lieutenant Colonel Bill O'Neill, and he was a pilot. He actually uh, got in right at the end of World War II. Then during the Korean War, he flew 53 missions which is just astounding. And then he also served during the Vietnam War. So you will not want to miss that. Again, that is Sunday from 3 to 4 p.m. We've got a great show planned for you today. Uh, We'll talk with Dr. Jill Vecchio in the second segment. And then Helen Raleigh, uh, you know her. She is an author, a speaker. She's an expert on China. She immigrated from China. She is a proud American citizen. And we're going to talk about China and Joe Biden. So that's going to be fascinating as well. A couple of things. Oh, our quotes. Oh, please walk us through this quote. Okay, Harry Truman. And Harry Truman was the 33rd president of the United States from 1945 to 1953. Succeeding upon the death of uh, FDR, Franklin D. Roosevelt, after serving as vice president, he implemented the Marshall Plan to rebuild the economy of Western Europe and established the Truman Doctrine and NATO. Truman grew up in Independence, Missouri, and during World War I was sent to France as a captain in the field artillery. Returning home, he opened a haberdashery in Kansas City, Missouri, and was later elected as a Jackson County official in 1922. Truman was elected to the United States Senate from Missouri in 1934 and gained national prominence as chairman of the Truman Committee aimed at reducing waste and inefficiency in wartime contracts. Soon after succeeding to the presidency, he authorized the first and only use of nuclear weapons in the war. Truman's administration engaged in an internationalist foreign policy and renounced isolationism. 
He was born in 1884. He died in 1972. And Steve, I'm, I try to give a bit of this history because I think sometimes we assume that we, we know all this, but I always learn something. And the reason I do this is I'm hoping that it helps the listeners learn something as well. And uh, so I know that was a little extensive, but I thought it was important. But here's the quote. He said, once a government is committed to the principle of silencing the voice of opposition, it has only one way to go, and that is down the path of increasingly repressive measures until it becomes a source of terror to all its citizens and creates a country where everyone lives in fear. I would say, and I, you you don't, listeners, there's no mandate to agree with me here, but we have already taken the first several steps down that path. And freedom of speech is so important. And uh, I, I mean, I really have always thought that freedom of speech, in fact, my father served in the Air Force, and he said, I served for four years our country. And I don't agree with some of the things that were happening. This was back in the 60s and 70s. But but he said, but I serve so people would have the right to be able to exercise their freedom of speech. And now we see what is happening with this administration. Uh, and, and it's tyrants. That's what they do. They can't engage in the battle of ideas because if something is a good idea, you shouldn't have to be implementing force around that. We look at these issues as freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And if your ideas can't can't really stand up, then that's when you have to start to silence the opposition. And that is why this show, all of these different independent voices out there are so important. A couple of things I wanted to mention, though, and that is just hypocrisy. This is from CNN. John Kerry. Uh, oh, no, this was the other one. There's a different one, actually. Well, how many do you have to choose from there when you're going to talk about (laughs) hypocrisy? There's quite a few. But basically, John Kerry flew someplace on his private jet. To Iceland. Was it Iceland? Okay. To receive an award. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, when questioned or asked about, you know, is that really uh, climate-friendly, if you will? And he said that people like him, you know, they need to actually have this special dispensation to do this. Can you believe the hypocrisy on that? He would have been better off just to stand there and say next question or whatever. But to, to, to answer that like he did, what a jerk. Yes. And, these, and then he's the one that's supposed to be out there uh, addressing climate policy. One other thing I did just want to mention, and that is that apparently there were pipe bombs that were planted at both the RNC and DNC headquarters the day before the, um, the thing that happened at the Capitol. And so to have this impeachment coming up of President Trump saying he incited what happened at the Capitol, when in essence, we are seeing more and more information that this was pre-planned. So stay tuned on that. I want to jump over here to Karen Levine. Karen Levine is a great partner of both the Kim Munson Show and America's Veteran Stories with Kim Munson and a longtime friend. And she is a, an expert at negotiating uh, regarding whether or not you're buying or selling a home or buying a new build. And with the tight market that we have right now, it's great to have Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine, welcome to the show. Good morning, Kim. What are you seeing? Is there anything happening in the real estate market from the Biden administration? Are you seeing any clarity on anything yet? Not yet. Um, 
it's, I think it's early in the legislation um, as far as the meeting. Our big meetings are in May when we um, used to physically storm the hill. Uh, this Don't year say we that. Virtually <laughs> storm the hill, yeah. right? And yeah, that would be. Oh my, we're being repressed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Uh, but yeah. to, but to your point, you, uh, the National Board of Realtors, you would go to Washington D.C. to meet with uh, our representatives. Yes, and we would talk about policy that was affecting private property rights and home ownership for the American people. And we have um, stood behind those goals for over 100 years. And um, we know, based on early uh, suspect policy, is that the 1031 exchange, which affords uh, people who have invested in real estate to exchange out of one property into another without a tax consequence, that was going to be under threat. But there hasn't been any updates on that as of yet. Boy, that's a really important one. And I know that you guys are going to really work to protect that because if you sell a property and then can put that into another property without having to pay a whole bunch in taxes, that is really beneficial for everyday people, Karen. It is, and it, it is one of the mechanisms that has helped build the wealth of middle class, uh, middle class America. And so we work hard to secure um, that benefit. And you and I have been talking about public policy and how has that affected home ownership. And um, I was just giving it some thought this week. And my question to our local officials, which today I will be sitting on our government affairs committee virtual uh, committee meeting, and we'll be talking to a couple municipalities. And I want to ask them, what type of incentives have they been giving the developers who have been building these large apartment complexes in our cities, primarily along the transit lines? And I want to get educated and say, why did we incentivize them and not provide home ownership opportunities. Um, they, could have, they could have not incentivized anybody and let the free market play out, or wouldn't it have been better to build wealth for the American people? Aha, that free market. Isn't that a great idea, Karen? Yeah. That build things that people want. Karen Levine, how can people reach you uh, in this tight real estate market? Uh, working with you is, I would really recommend it. How can people reach you? 303 877 7516 is my cell phone direct line and um, the best way to reach me. You can certainly text that number as well. Uh, But I really encourage people, there is a lot of misconception in the marketplace. It is very tight as far as inventory is concerned. Critical that sellers have representation. Um, They're getting the sense that you just put a sign in the yard and a buyer shows up. But if you do not offer your property to the open market, you may be living, leaving quite a bit of equity on the table. And for home buyers, I don't know how they can navigate this tight inventory without assistance. So I really encourage listeners to call if they have questions. Again, and that number, Karen's 303-877-7516. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you next week with your update.
Thanks. Okay, we're going to go to break. Before we do that, though, Hooters Restaurants is a great partner of the Kim Munson Show. And it is the Super Bowl this weekend. And they have all kinds of specials going on. And you can find all those specials on their landing page on my website, KimMunson.com. But again, um, I'm I'm, going to be rooting for Kansas City in this, although it's kind of a remarkable thing that Tom Brady is in the in the Super Bowl again, Steve. Well, Brady aside, you're rooting, you're rooting for the right team. So <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm glad to hear that. Okay, so go Chiefs and go to KimMunson.com. Check out the Hooters landing page for all their specials. And uh, definitely they've got a great special for us, the Super Bowl. We'll be right back. With the federal government printing money, it looks like inflation is on the horizon. That is why you should lock in a low rate now on your mortgage. Lorne Levy with Polygon Financial Group is here to help. Lauren works with a variety of lenders to assist you in finding the mortgage that is just right for you. Locking in a low rate now will save you thousands of dollars over the life of your loan. Don't procrastinate. Don't wait any longer. Call Lauren today at 303-880-8881. That's 303-880-8881. You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Americans Veteran Stories with Kim Munson. Sunday afternoons at 3, here on KLZ 560 AM and KLZ 100.7. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. <clears throat> Check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And yes, on Sunday, it will be America's Veteran Stories. And our guest is a World War II, Korean War, and Vietnam veteran, a pilot, Lieutenant Colonel Bill O'Neill. You don't want to miss that. On the line with me is Dr. Jill Vecchio. You know her. She is one of the few people in America that read the complete PPACA, that's that Unaffordable Care Act, which it looks like Joe Biden wants to bring some of those uh, onerous things back on that. But Dr. Jill Vecchio is an expert on that. Her day job, she's a radiologist. She helps save women's lives by detecting breast cancer. Dr. Jill Vecchio, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me again, Kim. It's always a great conversation with you, Jill, and I'm excited. We're going to be recording a podcast that will be rolled out this weekend, uh, and uh, they can people can find that at the website, and also be sure and sign up for our weekly newsletter. And we'll be talking about impeachment during this podcast, right, Jill? Yeah, we can do the podcast on impeachment, and I just kind of wanted to tease a little something this morning if we have time after we talk about the COVID stuff. Perfect. Uh, first question that I had for you, and this was a question from Patty, and that is, is, is there going to be a reset on these COVID numbers? or are, Because every year we used to have a reset on flu numbers, so the flu numbers for 2020, 2019. Have you seen any reset numbers for COVID coming down the, the pike here? No, they just keep adding it on, and that just tells you again that this is all politically based. And, and they've never corrected the data. I mean, Colorado at one point acknowledged that they were overstating the COVID death numbers and COVID numbers just because, according to CDC guidelines, and to my knowledge, those have not changed, uh, guidelines that the CDC issued in, like, I think, April um, of last, of 2020, said, and if, if a person comes in with certain symptoms, and it's a, you know, the COVID symptoms can be widely varied and incredibly vague, and if they've 
perhaps had contact with someone else who may have had COVID, then you can count it as a COVID death, and then they get paid extra for it, right? In the Gee. hospital and so forth, right? So th- then those criteria have not changed. Even though we have all this testing, those criteria haven't changed, so people can still use that criteria and still get increased reimbursement. Okay, so it really also, seems... Also, the deaths and stuff. So so I would say that the, we know the data's cr- garbage. We, we've gone over that many times. But I would say that probably the death rate is probably at the highest 20% of what they're claiming. Wow. 20% of what they're claiming. Wow. And they're not adjusting. And so they're not adjusting those numbers at all. At one point, they were starting to clean it up a little bit, and the hospitals were reporting a little bit differently, but I'm not seeing a great improvement. And, and, and everybody has to understand this, and I still don't hear it anywhere. They are combining the flu with COVID with shortness of breath with pneumonia for a whole bunch of their data, and that is absolutely wrong, but they've been doing it with flu for years. Why? To get us to take a vaccine. Mm. That is my very strong opinion. I can back it up, but it's a longer discussion. But I'm telling you, nobody's talking about how they're combining these numbers. They've been doing it from the beginning. They've been combining flu with pneumonia for years and years and years. And most people who die of pneumonia have nothing to do with the flu. And they are not testing these people for the flu, but they're combining the numbers. The flu numbers are grossly, 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 grossly overestimated every single year. So they already had the template. They've just been doing it with COVID. So several things. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, you mentioned that uh, that money is involved in this. Obviously, big pharma makes money on these vaccines. Big pharma uh, and uh, hospitals were making money on. Well, I guess hospitals were making money on if people were diagnosed with COVID. So we certainly have this whole money component that's going on here. But they're using fear. They're t- and uh, Dr. James Lyons-Weiler was on earlier in the week, and he said that when you are trying to use public policy to keep people in total fear, that it's actually a form of terrorism. Because, And you think about it, I know people that are still terrified to be with other people, to go out. And there's something, there's something really wrong when your elected representatives and the bureaucrats that they hire have actually weaponized the trust and power that has been given to them by the American people to actually terrorize the American people. Your thoughts on that, Jill? Well, I would I would refer people again to podcast number 58 that you and I did a few weeks ago where we kind of, we went through this. This is not COVID is not about COVID. It's not about COVID. Give it up people. You got to start thinking a different way. So COVID is really about, number one, it was a bioweapon, developed at a bioweapons lab in China, released either by accident or on purpose, but it is being used as a bioweapon, okay? It is a bioweapon. This thing was laboratory-derived. People know what the DNA structure of this thing is, what has been spliced into it. Why aren't we being told? Why, why is HCQ working for a cold virus, why is ivermectin, which is, we give it to our horses for deworming our horses. It's an antiparasitic. Why are those two antiparasitic drugs working on a cold virus? Nobody's asking that, and it makes no sense. I asked doctor friends of mine, they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't think about that. Wow, what is in this thing? Number one, 
So it's being used as a bioweapon by governments around the world to control the people. That is terrorism. Mm-hmm. There's a great analogy. Number The third reason is to crash the economies of countries. They're using this to crash the economies of countries so we can move from the current World Central Bank organization to this great reset. They've been trying to crash the economy under Trump for and, and predicting the, a crash of the economy, and we need to have this great reset. Klaus Schwab, it's a real thing. It is not a conspiracy. Prince Charles... Right. Signed on to it. I mean, it's, it's World Economic Forum. Look it right. up here. Right. Folks. We've Look talked it about Do it. Your yes. Research. Right. So this is so this is all being used for a bigger purpose. Number four, the vaccine. We don't know what's in the vaccine. This is brand new technology that has never been tried before on people. Very short period of testing. When they've been trying to do since SARS-1 in 2002, which is also a coronavirus, right? SARS-1, this is SARS-2. Prior attempts, and there's a paper that's co-authored by Anthony Fauci himself. It's an excellent paper. It was released November 24th or 25th of 2020. Why, it was, why it's going to be so difficult to come up with a vaccine for coronavirus. They've been trying it for 20 years all over the world. All over the world, they've been working on this for 20 years. They had horrible results, especially after the second dose of the vaccine, with their animal models. Terrible results. Horrible autoimmune responses. uh, Hyperimmune responses. Death. Okay? It's all in that paper. Okay. You know, hey, Jill, can we, why don't we, uh, if you could get me to that link, we will put that in the show recap and people can actually, we'll be able to get that th- tomorrow when we uh, post the podcast and the recap of the show. We, the conversations always go so quickly with you, Jill, and we, we're just going to tease our podcast that we will be recording uh, later today. And it's going to be about impeachment. The impeachment trial is supposed to start next week. And so we'll just keep that as our, our teaser, Jill. Dr. Jill, thanks. Always love the conversation with you. Don't get the vaccine. And you said Don't what? Do it. Don't do it. Don't get the vaccine. Don't do it. Don't do it. Take okay. The vaccine. There you That's have my it. Recommendation. Okay, <laughs> Dr. Jill. We'll talk to you a little bit later this morning. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Uh, okay. And Jason McBride, uh, Dr. Jill Vecchio. Uh, you always know where she stands, right? <laughs> Well, you know, that tends to be the uh, case with most of your guests, Kim. I haven't heard too many that are mealy-mouthed and don't speak their mind. (laughs) Uh, And you are one of them as well, Jason. Uh, What is happening in the market? Is this GameStop thing, has this kind of worked itself out, or where are we at on that? Um, Well, you know, it's... uh certainly has calmed down. I mean, GameStop closed yesterday at 92, uh, which wasn't much different from where it started. And right now in the pre-market, it's at 94. So we're not getting the great big massive swings on it uh, like we were there for a few days. I just uh, wonder where this will ultimately end up. Is the stock just going to, you know, uh, wither all the way back down to four or five bucks a share? where it started before all this happened or uh you know it's just hard to tell i mean based on the earnings and everything maybe that's it, that is what will happen well and so jason i think what's going to be super interesting is to follow now 
uh, follow the money, if you will, uh, and let's see what happens from a public policy standpoint. Uh, I think that that's going to be super interesting. But you specialize in helping people in their everyday individual economy. Even though there's so many unknowns out there, having a plan is a really good plan uh, thing to do. And I'd recommend that people reach out to you. Um, there's no cost to actually sit down and do a discovery session. And I'd recommend that people do that because we've got a lot of unknowns on the horizon right now. Well, we do, and I'm I'm noticing, uh, you know, when I'm meeting with folks, they are feeling uh, uncertain right now and not sure what to do. And and I would say, Kim, you know, sometimes uh, you can do nothing, which is okay. Uh, if you're not sure what move to make, uh, you could just leave things the way they are and not make any uh, changes. Or, you know, remember, cash doesn't make you much money or any money right now, but it also doesn't lose you any, and it could give you some, some time to think and time to sleep better. So if you're concerned, like I know a lot of folks are, that uh, we may have a big down move coming for whatever reason, uh, just remember you can always uh, put some of your money into cash for a period of time while you're waiting to see what will happen. Yes, and uh, with the markets at these highs, uh, that that is probably very appropriate for a variety of people. People need to assess their own risk tolerance and a variety of things, and you specialize in individual uh, helping individuals. And Jason, how can people reach you? Uh, the best way is old school, Kim. Give us a call, 303-694-1600. That's 303-694-1600. Jason, we will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks so much. And that's Jason McBride with Presidential Wealth Management. And stay tuned. We'll be right back with Helen Raleigh. Home ownership and private property rights help you build wealth for you and your family. REMAX Alliance award-winning realtor Karen Levine understands this. Supply is super tight right now. This is why you need a seasoned professional with excellent negotiating skills on your side of the table, whether buying or selling an existing home or buying a new build. As a member of the National Association of Realtors Board of Directors, Karen Levine volunteers hours of her time to help you build your American dream. Call her today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You'll get first look at all of our upcoming guests as well as our most recent podcasts. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. And I had had just had uh, Dr. Jill Vecchio on the line. We will be recording a podcast today regarding uh, the impeachment trial of uh, President Trump. And so you won't want to miss that. We'll roll that out on Sunday in the newsletter, so make sure that you're on the list for that. I have on the line with me uh, a woman who is, um, she is really inspirational. And Helen Raleigh immigrated from China. And uh, she is a proud American citizen now. She is an expert on uh, China. And she's written several books 
And uh, let's see, among them, I had them right here in front of me. Here we go. Helen Raleigh is an American entrepreneur, writer, and speaker. She's a senior contributor at The Federalist. Her writings appear in other national media, including The Wall Street Journal and Fox News. She is the author of several books, including Confucius Never Said and Backlash, How uh, Communist China's Aggression Has Backfired. You can follow her on Parler and Twitter at uh, H. Raleigh Speaks. Helen Raleigh, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Kim. Absolutely. You are an expert on China. And this book that you have written is a very important book, and that is Backlash, How Communist China's Aggression Has Backfired. That was written when Trump was in office. We now have a Biden administration. Has things changed? What do you see going on with Biden and China? Well, if you ask the things changed between the strategic competition between China and the United States, I don't think that has changed. Um, it's actually getting worse. Uh, before Biden, um, basically, right after Biden take off, uh, took office, uh, China tested him by sending uh, military bombers into Taiwan's airspace. So this, is a te- this was a test to see how the Biden administration is going to react. Um, the Biden administration issued a, a strong-worded uh, statement, but the thing is that uh, when it comes to China, talk is cheap. The words mean nothing. It needs action. So I believe the Taiwan issue will be, will be the biggest challenge for the Biden administration. And explain to our listeners, uh, what is the issue with China and Taiwan, United States? What is that issue that is, is going on right now? So historically, uh, Taiwan was uh, governed, well, going back to the Second World War, the China used to be governed by the Nationalist Party, which was supported, backed by the United States. And of course, the Soviet Union backed the Communist Party. And the Communist Party and the Nationalist Party had a civil war after the Second World War. And the Communist Party won. They drove the Nationalist Party to Taiwan. And since then, Taiwan was under the United States protection. And Taiwan experienced a, a democratic reform. So Taiwan today is a prosperous, functioning democracy. And in contrast, in China, as, as you know from my first book, Confucius Never Says, that the China under the communist rule experienced the famine, persecution, you know, labor camps. You know, Chinese people lived less than $2 and $2 a year for more than 30 years. And then later, China experienced the economic reform. But today, China is a, a prosperous, wealthy, authoritarian state. You know, people may have more money in their pocket, but they are not allowed free to say what they want to say and do what they want to do. So Taiwan and the mainland China are these two very different political and ideological systems. And the reason that I believe we have a moral obligation to protect Taiwan is because for a very long time, Communist Party wanted the rest of the world, and especially Chinese people, to believe that the democracy, freedom, all these are Western values that are incompatible with the Chinese culture. But then here you have Taiwan, you know, a prosperous, functioning democracy. It shows that there's nothing incompatible. Democracy and freedom and liberty, these are universal values. Chinese people can enjoy and thriving under, you know, with these values, you know, just as much as anyone else. 
And so, so China, do you think China is going to try to bring Taiwan under um, the Chinese Communist Party? Do you think that's their ultimate goal? Yes. If there is a red line for mainland Chinese policy, that is Taiwan. And they said that the Chinese Communist Party said many times that they will never rule out to militarily overtake Taiwan. So I think if, we, if the United States and China are ever going to go to a war, turning from a cold war to a hot war, and Taiwan is very likely to be the cause. Um, and China has been building up its um, a Chinese Navy. Uh, the People's Liberation Army up, upgraded its, uh, they built several um, carriers, as well as they've been doing um, military exercises to pretend, you know, how they're going to overtake Taiwan. And also, especially in the last year of the Trump administration, the, the um, Chinese, uh, China's People's Liberation Army has been sending more and more uh, military planes into Taiwan's airspace. Basically, their strategy is to try to have this daily, daily or <clears throat> excuse me, frequent harassment to exhaust Taiwan's uh, military defense. So yes, it's very likely we're going to go to war on Taiwan. And that's a bit daunting. Um, especially under a Biden administration where it looks like uh, Biden has had, uh, through his son Hunter, has had uh, financial uh, relationships with uh, the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, can you comment on that, Helen? Sure. And that was a big uh, election story that was suppressed by the main, uh, mainstream media. And so Hunter, so basically there are investigations as well as um, a Senate, U.S. Senate report last year uh, disclosed that uh, Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, has very unusual and a close relationship with uh, uh, Chinese companies that are backed and supported by uh, Chinese military personnel. And there are unusually large sum of money came in from, uh, basically wired from China to Hunter Biden's law firm for very uh, unspecified, you know, activities. So, so yes, there is a huge shadow uh, show, you know, on top of Joe Biden when he came into the office, that people are questioning how tough he will be to China. And in addition to that, there are also, you know, ideological things. Um, I talked recently in a webinar that, um, you know, I, do, I, I strongly suggest that Joe Biden do not let um, progressive ideology to dominate his foreign policy. What I mean by that is we know that the climate change is a big, uh, it's it top on Joe Biden's agenda, and he appointed John Kerry, the former Secretary of State, to be his so-called climate czar. And John Kerry, even the liberals in, uh, uh, even the liberal media are worried about John Kerry's um, because he's so focused on climate change, and so he mistakenly believed that climate change is the biggest challenge uh, between China and the United States, which is dead wrong. But John Kerry is the kind of person that he's waiting to um, do anything to get China cooperate on climate change. So I'm worried that, um, you know, having John Kerry in his cabinet, you know, Joe Biden may let the progress of priorities to to dictate his foreign policy initiative. Well, and Helen, we just talked uh, in the earlier segment about the hypocrisy of John Kerry, that he flew in his private jet to Iceland to receive an award. And just think about the quote unquote carbon uh, footprint of that. But when asked about that, he said, well, people like me, we need to be able to do this. And just this 
kind of the looking down on the masses of, of everyday people is so antithetical to the American idea. The American idea, we invented human liberty. I used the quote yesterday from Mark Twain. Human liberty was one of our greatest inventions. And Mark Twain said, we could have stopped at that. And it would have been the greatest invention out there. Uh, and mm-hmm. so our founders in America did not look down on everyday people. They thought when people have individual rights, and these rights from God of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, and that they can exercise those rights, what could happen? Well, America happened. This big, successful middle class, and your story is one that is so inspirational. Now, you grew up in China, and... uh, uh, you know what? Let's go to break early, Steve. And when we come back, uh, I'd like Helen to share this story because it's so inspirational about a chocolate bar. So before we do that, though, Castlegate Knife and Tool is another great sponsor of the Kim Munson Show. They're located in Sedalia, Colorado. They're a family-owned business, and uh, they have knives from the best blade makers from throughout the world. So whether or not you're a sportsman, a chef, a collector. Castlegate Knife and Tools, the place for you. You can check out their website. That's Castlegate Knife and Tool. Or I would highly recommend on the weekend or during the the week, uh, just go down and visit them. They have, a, uh, I think, several new lines of watches that I have not seen yet. And I can't wait to see that. So I'm going to go down and check that out. Again, that's Castlegate.com. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we're talking with Helen Raleigh. And um, her story is a remarkable one. It is, I think, the classical American story and we'll be right back controlling your own destiny there are a lot of unknowns on the horizon with the new administration predovich and company is here to help trusted professionals for all your bookkeeping tax planning and accounting needs kim munson highly recommends predovich and company they've been helping her for years Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich & Company works with clients from anywhere in the United States. Give them a call at 303-791-3000 to put Predovich & Company to work for you. Call 303-791-3000 today. Would you have ever dreamed that freedom of speech, freedom of thought, freedom of assembly, and freedom of religion would be under assault and attack in America? Unbelievably, it is happening right before our eyes. That is why it is important to keep free-thinking, independent voices on the airwaves, the Internet, and social media. Kim Munson is one of those important voices. Help her keep independence alive. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute, to join Kim in the battle of ideas raging in America today. That's KimMunson, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there and you'll uh, get first look at all of our upcoming guests and podcasts. And uh, you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. On the line with me is Helen Raleigh. She is truly the uh, uh, American idea. She's an American entrepreneur, writer and speaker. And she's a senior contributor at The Federalist. I would highly recommend that you check out uh, her op-eds there because uh, she is an excellent writer and her she has such a grasp on the issues out there. We were talking about China and the Biden administration in the last segment. But uh, I know that some of you have heard this story of Helen Raleigh, but I find it so inspirational and that it all started in a way with a chocolate bar, Helen Raleigh. So tell us the story. Thank you, Kim. <clears throat> So when I was young, when I lived in China, that um, food was rationed. 
So everybody, uh, every month, that uh, the amount of sugar, flour, rice that you could eat was rationed by the government to a very specific amount. So sugar was rationed. You know, there was a limited sugar. So I remember when I was in, uh, you know, later, you know, I was always craving for sugar. And later when I was in college, um, I met this American professor. Um, once he gave me a chocolate bar, and it was just so sweet and delicious, and I savory for every bite. And I I said to myself, you know, someday I want to go to a place where I can have as many sugar as I want. And I want to go to the land where there's Disneyland and there's a chocolate bar. I, you know, I can eat what I want. I can eat as much as I want. And I can do whatever I want. It's basically, it's a craving for, you know, freedom to be who I am and do do what I want and to chart my own, you know, destiny. And, yeah, so, you know, eventually I came here as a student and that set off the rest of my life, you know, here. But, uh, yeah, it all started by, you know, craving for sugar, for chocolate. Well, and one other thing, Helen, the story of uh, your Chinese name could... Be, it could be a given name for either a boy or a girl. Tell our listeners your story about that. Oh, um, so so my name um, was actually, my Chinese name was a very popular boy's name. Um, so my dad gave me that name. But my name also has many good meanings, like a strong, be strong, be excellent. Um, so as the food ration goes, the food ration was distributed by the government through food coupons. On a monthly basis, and the, the distribution is different. The amount that's different uh, between boys and girls. So a boy normally would get about four more pounds of rice each month than a girl. And so for a while, the government bureaucracies thought I was a boy, so I received uh, the uh, ration that meant for a boy. But even with those extra four pound rice each month, I was still hungry, you know, all the time. I used to dream about the food all the time because, you know, when you're hungry, you know, God appear in your dream as food. Um, but one day, a, a police came to our house and to basically just do ran- random checks. They didn't need a, a warrant. They just do random checks to make sure everybody in the house are the people who are supposed to be. And he looked at our house registration paper, and he looked at me, and he recognized that the government made a mistake. But instead of taking responsibilities, he blamed our family for cheating. Um, so he made us to pay back the government for all the actual, you know, food, actual, quote-unquote, actual food coupons that I was not supposed to have. So my family had to go on further diet in order to save enough food coupons to pay the government back for those extra four-pound rice. I was not supposed to have. And so the family was even hungrier because of that, because of public policy. And uh, I find it, it's, uh, I, you th- we think that that could not happen in America. But let's go over to what's happening in America right now. Helen, I would never have dreamed that we would be uh, uh, having our freedom of speech and our freedom of assembly and our freedom of thought, our freedom of religion. I never thought that these things would ever be at risk like I, I feel like they are right now in America. What's your thoughts on that, Helen? We are, and um, it, it, it's really unfortunate and uh, troubling. You know, I think you, you're talking about a battle of ideas, ideologies. You know, it's happening right here. I always tell people that the, the greatest threat to America, to the America ideal, is not China. It's our internal division 
and our internal ideological battle. And we're, you know, we're not educating kids about American foundings, or the only way we educate them is to condemning the American foundings, American ideal. And now you have, uh, you know, the liberals dominate, you know, the airwaves, the entertainment, and the, 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 the political scene. And there is this widespread condemnation about our entire foundings and ideals. It's basic, they basically shake the, the foundation of America to the core. And if, if there's nothing good about our founding, if there's nothing good about our values, if, if, if there's nothing good about our struggles to, you know, to, for this American experiment, then yes, we're no better than, you know, than the authoritarian system like China. And this is, this is dangerous. And even more dangerous is this whole move of the suppression from the, the left. It started from the media. You know, it's the left media is now calling for creating a list you know, ban people with different ideas from the airwaves. And that's, been, that's something you normally used to see, you know, in places like China, in authoritarian states. Now we're doing this to our own fellow Americans and to want to suppress their ideas. And, you know, what I always remind people, one thing we should learn from the coronavirus, the pandemic, is that the, the coronavirus was totally, it w- was possible to be contained and it was not supposed to be a pandemic, but because it's originated in China and the Chinese government suppressed information, <clears throat> they suppressed the dissenting voice, they suppressed the whistleblowers, then a totally controllable pan, you know, uh, outbreak turned into a global p- pandemic, you know, unpanned all our lives. And that's the lesson we should take from the pandemic that you know, a healthy society should not have only one voice. And what we are doing to ourselves is really detrimental to our society, to our society, to our fellow Americans. Okay, so Helen, that brings us to a question. Patty and I were talking about this the other day. There's all of this talk about antitrust action for the big tech companies. Uh, Ron DeSantis, uh, the governor down in uh, Florida, who I, I like very much, but he's uh, talking about some uh, doing something from an antitrust standpoint. And we're seeing a lot of conversation about that. I, and I think even DeSantis was thinking about some kind of a fine or something if, in fact, uh, voices were censored by big tech. And I'm not comfortable with that. I I know that it's going to be a bit more difficult, but I think we need to work on free market answers to this uh, instead of the government coming in and doing something. But these tech companies are so big it seems a bit daunting. What do you think, Helen? Well, I, I'm changing my mind on the big tech. I used to read you, Kim. I thought, you know, they are private companies. They have the, you know, a prote- protection and a right to police whatever kind of speech they have. But I think their size, um, as well as their ideological bias, has turned them no different into uh, state media. Now I see them as a state media. I, I, because there's no, there's not much diversity, you know, okay. in, in, their, in their management. There was no diversity in their, um, you know, on their platform. And and when you talk about, you know, free market solutions, look at what happened to Parler, right? True. Right after okay. the election, that uh, all of them joined together, used their market forces, basically crushed, crushed the competition in in the in the name of you know anti disinformation. 
and now not only parlors get crushed, people who use parlor, even if they never advocate for violence, now it's getting persecuted. You know, there are people there are people on the left creating lists for whoever use the parlor users. So, so the, I, I now I think they are state media. If they, and they are state if they are state media, then they should be regulated. Okay, um, I appreciate that um, because I I actually didn't think that was going to be your answer. So I, I, think you were, I think you're convincing me, Helen Raleigh, because there is a difference between free market and state media. And it's just the th- same thing that when Donald Trump came in and did tariffs on China, uh, at the time, I'm like, I, I'm really not sure that I think tariffs are a good idea. I think free trade is important. But the next part of that was fair trade as well. When you had the Chinese government subsidizing the steel industry from China, and then they were coming in and undercutting the American steel industry, that's not free and fair trade. And uh, so I came around on tariffs on that. We've got maybe three minutes, Helen. Uh, Do you want to make a quick comment on tariffs? Yes. So with tariffs, um, I mentioned in my book also that uh, because of the foreign policy mistakes that the you know, previous uh, administrations, you know, since Nixon has made that uh, based on this um, misguided belief that if we keep economically engaging China, eventually China will change, became a more, uh, became a freer, more democratic state. That didn't happen. And so what we have now is a very rich, powerful uh, ideological state that challenges us in every front. So on the tariffs, things that not only we don't have free trade with China, but also we don't really have a lot of tools to confronting China to push back. So that's that's how I came around on the tariff issues. But the, you know that's one of the few tools we left because China is still a you know export oriented economy. They need our market more than we need more than we need them. And tariff, you know, increasing tariff is one way to force China to come to the table to negotiate, which that did happen. We had, a, you know, we reached a very good first round trade deal, but it didn't get carried out because it was interrupted by the pandemic. Um, yes, a whole lot of good things were interrupted by the reaction to the pandemic. Uh, Helen, we've got maybe about um, oh, a couple of minutes left. What's the final thought that you would like to leave with our listeners? Because your story is so remarkable, your experiences are so important, and people are, are concerned uh, after this election and where we seem to be headed. What would you say to our listeners this morning? Well, I would say, number one, to educate yourself. Um, you know, really learn about the history, especially I think the history happened in China and the Soviet Union now is very telling um, because we are moving towards that direction. So I believe there's a great purge coming. It's already coming for the conservatives and the Republicans. So I think we need to be prepared and we need to be prepared. I, I encourage everyone to establish a, a freedom library at home, you know, to save records of you know, great books, because our kids don't get taught those great books anymore. So save great books, you know, make sure you get a copy of Confucius Never Said. Absolutely, backlash. <laughs> yeah. And save, yeah, backlash, and, you know, save great music, you know, uh, records of music, because, again, don't trust the big tech, because, you know, if you just think, oh, I have everything in the cloud, you know, I can just access to the cloud. Well, with the ideolo- ideolo- uh, ideological war, you know, the big tech can easily erase 
whatever you save in the cloud. So save physical copies of movies you like, DVDs you like, music you like, and teach your kids and teach your families, uh, you know, just those great ideas and values. That's something we we all can do. And also be prepared and never be afraid. I believe, you know, if we're all united, if we continue not to be afraid, have the courage to defend American values, to defend American funding, we have a lot of things to be proud of. And don't let anyone tell you that American experiment is a failure. Don't let anyone tell you there's no exceptionalism in American. That's, you know, that's not how many people around the world believe. There's a reason why millions of people like me still want to come here, do anything we can to come here, because American ideal is real and American experiment is a great success. Oh, Helen Raleigh, thank you so much. Be sure and get her books, Confucius Never Said and Backlash, How Communist China's Aggression Has Backfired. Helen Raleigh, thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day. You bet. And our quote for today is Harry Truman. He says, work hard, do your best, keep your word, never get too big for your britches, trust in God, have no fear, and never forget a friend. So today, my friends, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. You are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. I want no one to cry.